And we are focusing on three different needs uh, during the course of this series. Last week, we talked about faith and its importance. We're going to talk about focus today. And then next week, we're going to talk about discipline. Last week, we looked from Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 25 and following. Uh, we talked about the problem of fear. And we recognize that all of us have a tendency to be afraid of something, whether it's the dark or spiders or snakes. Or We talked about the fear of poverty, not having our needs provided, the fear of missing out, of not getting what we want to make us happy, so to speak, and the fear of the unknown. But instead of fear, we need faith. In fact, if you have faith, it's really hard to have fear, is it not? Uh, because we're trusting in God. We need to have the priority of faith, not worry. Three times Jesus said, do not worry. Why? Because God cares. Because God knows. He knows our needs. Because God provides. And because God is in control. Isn't that a great portion of Scripture? Sermon on the Mount. And we need to, to, to truly grow in faith. But we also need to grow in the area of focus. One of my favorite cartoons is the Family Circus cartoon. You familiar with that? With the, usually it's the mother, sometimes father, and, and, and a bunch of the little kids. And uh, one of them I saw many years ago was, was the son was told to do something. And he did it. But he went here first, and he went there second, and he went there third, he went there fourth, and then finally he did what he was supposed to do. And we are sometimes like that. Uh, there, there are a couple of, of disorders that, uh, that we know about. One is the ADHD. That's the Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And then another one, we adults have this more often, is ADD, Attention Deficit disorder. But I think for many of us, it's not a disorder. It's just the fact that we are easily distracted by different things coming our way. Don't you agree that we have more distractions nowadays than we used to a long time ago? I think that with, with the different things like internet and television and all this kind of stuff, we are so often distracted. And that's why we need to look at Matthew 6.33. If you want to, you can take your Bible and turn to Matthew 6.33. Very familiar verse. We touched on it last week as well. After Jesus said, do not worry, he said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. See, all these things have to do with the food and drink and clothing and things of that nature. In other words, God takes care of our needs, but we need to make sure that we are putting him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It reminds me a little bit about what Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. He said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, Paul was determined that he was going to please God. If he didn't do anything else, he was going to seek to please God. That's what we need to do as well, is to focus. First of all, focus on God's kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness. So seek first the kingdom of God. Uh, the, the phrase kingdom of God is used about 69 times in the New Testament. I, I just uh, read through some of them. And a couple that came to my mind were, first of all, from John chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. It's a familiar portion of Scripture. There was a gentleman named Nicodemus who was a ruler of the Jews. He was a very important person, very knowledgeable person. And he came to Jesus at night. And, and when he came to Jesus, he, he, he basically... Uh, was wondering how to to be saved, how to live life. He he just didn't really understand what was going on. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born Obviously, he was thinking of physical birth. But Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Jesus made it clear that when it talks about being born again, we're talking about being born spiritually. Uh, We are all born physically, But not all of us are born spiritually, so to speak. Uh, That's what the gospel is all about. In fact, later on in this chapter is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. said it many times. the, The bad news is that we deserve to perish. The bad news is that because of our sin, we're separated from God. But the good news is that we can have everlasting life if we believe. If we recognize that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, we turn from our sin and trust Jesus Christ as Savior, then we can have everlasting life. So when we think about the kingdom of God, we need to recognize that we can't experience the kingdom of God unless we have been born again. Now, the kingdom of God is in heaven. Uh, I think that when it talks about everlasting life, uh, things of that nature, it's obvious that it has to do Uh, with heaven but the the kingdom of god is also within you according to jesus in luke chapter 17 and verse number 21 starts in us when we're born again and the the culmination for us of course is when we go to heaven so when we think about the kingdom of god we need to focus on it we need to focus on spiritual things not just on physical things again the problem is we're so easily distracted We have so many different things that are going on that sometimes it's hard to focus on the spiritual. But that's what we need to do is to focus on him. Seek first the kingdom of God. Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 4 is another portion of scripture that talks about putting Christ first. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your affection, set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. Isn't that a challenge? Because it is so easy to set our mind on things of the earth, things that are here and now, things that we can see. But it's important for us to make sure that we are setting our mind on things above, that we are not just born again, but that we're living in the light of eternity. 
I, I think that, that when we think about eternity, uh, it, it's hard to fathom. It, at least it is for me. It, it's hard to fathom how long eternity is. It just never ends. It just goes on and on and on. And so it's very important as we think about that, that we live about 70, 80 years or something like that here, but then eternity is thousands and thousands and millions and millions of years. Just makes sense that we focus more on eternity than we focus on here and now. That's why Colossians 3, Paul goes on to talk about putting off the old man and putting on the new man, focusing on what God wants us to do. Which leads us to the next area of focus. Not only do we need to focus on God's kingdom, but we also need to focus on God's righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now sometimes we, 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 we listen to a verse and, and we really don't think it through. Uh, we, we say it, we've said it so many times or heard it so many times that we don't really give contemplation to what it has to say. But we need to focus on things above, on, on his kingdom. We need to focus on his righteousness, living for him. Now, the problem is we can't be righteous on our own. And, and that's why Jesus Christ came. He came to die for our sins, pay the penalty for our sins. And, and basically, he made a deal with us. He said, if you confess your sins and trust in me, then I'll give you my righteousness. But it's important for us to make sure that we are focusing on living for God by God's grace with his help. Several portions of Scripture, probably more than I, I ought to put in there, but they're such good verses, I wanted to go ahead and include them. One is Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 23. Galatians chapter 5, beginning to read verse number 19. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of, of God. There's that phrase, the kingdom of God. And if we are allowing our, our bodies and, and, and our minds to focus on things of the world, things of the flesh, then, then we're not going to go to the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean if we've done any of these things in the past, we can't be saved and go to heaven. What that means is that if we know Jesus Christ as Savior, then if we have that genuine relationship with him, we're not going to be doing these things on a regular basis. We're not going to be habitually living in sin. We ought to be different. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. That's what it goes on to say in verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. In other words, we need to focus on the righteousness of God. When we are living an unrighteous life, that's not what God's will is. He wants us to have love, joy, peace, and so on. But that only comes when we're controlled by the Holy Spirit, when we have that relationship with Him, and He helps us to live for Him. Another verse that comes to mind, actually two verses, 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 10. 
Paul said to the church at Corinth, who had its share of problems, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Our behavior makes a difference. There's so many people that say, well, I've, I've been saved. I'm a Christian. I go to church. doesn't matter how I live. But it does matter how we live, does it not? I, I believe that it does. Romans 14, excuse me, Romans 14, 17, Paul said, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So these are some things that we need to focus on. God's kingdom. Uh, we need to be focusing on spiritual things, heavenly things. And then God's righteousness. We need to be seeking to live for him. Remembering we can't do it in our own strength. But as we depend on God, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Now there's some steps that could help us to focus on the right things. One of them is this. Decide what is important to you. I think theoretically we, uh, we know what is important to us. Uh, but so often... We really haven't made a decision uh, that, that these things are extremely important. The reality is that God has already decided what is important. The question is, will we bring ourselves in line with what he has to say? My perspective is that God's a lot smarter than I am. And so if he says this is important, then that's what I need to be doing. God's word should determine how we live. And when we think about priorities, two priorities that should come to our minds very quickly would be the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. The Great Commandment is that we should love God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. And the, the Great Commission is that we need to make disciples by going, by baptizing, and also by teaching them to observe all things. Uh, love and discipleship are extremely important in, in, in God's eyes. And we ought to be focusing as individuals, as families, as a church, on love, on evangelism, on discipleship. When we think about discipleship, probably most of us recognize that Jesus said in Matthew 4, 19, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, I've spoken to the youth a few times and uh, some of y'all are probably here. Uh, you remember the time that several times that I spoke and, and we had uh, two sides of the, the sanctuary and, and half the side was yelling out, follow me. The other half was yelling out, fishers of men or, or, or fish for men. Uh, we need to follow Jesus, do we not? And if we follow Jesus, he will help us fish for men. Is it easy to follow Jesus? I'd say no. Uh, Jesus said that it's a challenge to follow him. And, and, and so often we are distracted from following him. Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62 says this. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Sounded good, didn't it? Jesus responded by saying to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. 
But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And when it comes to following Jesus Christ, sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes we, we get distracted by, by, by things that keep us from really focusing on him. And it's important for us to decide what is important. Uh, do we really want that relationship with Jesus Christ, that discipleship relationship with Jesus Christ that makes a difference in every area of our life? So number one, decide what is important as we, as we uh, follow Jesus Christ, as we focus on his kingdom and his righteousness. Number two, determine to do what is important. It's one thing to, to say, I want to follow Jesus Christ. It's another thing to determine that we are going to do whatever it takes. Uh, we, we need to recognize what James said in James chapter 1 and verses 21 and 22. He said, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. In other words, James said, you need to be receptive to the word of God. You need to receive it and make sure that you're focusing on it. But make sure it's not just hearing the word, it's doing the word as well. If you only hear the word and don't do it, you're deceiving your own selves. So it's important not only to decide what is important, but also to determine to do what is important. To, to put first things first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So we decide what's important to us. Should be the same thing as what's important to God. We determine to do what is important. We develop a plan to do what is important. You know, some people think that, that, um, that in James chapter 4, when it talks about don't say that you go to a certain city and buy and sell and so on for a year, uh, and instead say the Lord will, that they're saying don't plan. But actually, James was saying this. You can make your plans, but make sure that you want God's will and that you're saying Lord willing, that you're saying uh, it, it's what God wants, which is most important, not what I want. But we need to develop a plan of what to do according to priorities, not just theoretical priorities. Most of us, if I ask what are your priorities, what's important to you, you would say God first, and then you say family, people, task, hobbies, things of that nature. But, but if somebody looked at your calendar or your checkbook, do people keep checkbooks anymore? If they looked at your debit account or whatever, uh, would it show that you are really living according to those priorities, that you're really putting God first in your life. Uh, an example would be reading the Bible in a year. How many feel like it would be a good idea to read the Bible in a year? Raise your hand, okay. Uh, it's not a bad thing to do. I, I know uh, we need to continue praying for Greg Kemp. Uh, he's going to be starting his radiation and, and chemo soon. Uh, but I, I know that I think he's, he's um, been reading through the Bible like four or five times in a year. It can be done. It just takes focus. 
And, and the way that we do it, if we want to learn the Word by reading the Bible in a year, we need to read about three chapters a day. So if we are developing a plan of what to do, then we ought to have, have a, a sort of a list of chapters to read, uh, three a day or something like that, and each day check them off. And if we miss a day, guess what? Try to catch up if we can. But if we can't catch up, then at least do the next three chapters. What we tend to do is we lose our focus. Uh, we, we have a resolution to do something like reading through the Bible in a year. But what happens is that we get off course and then we never get back on course. It's important for us to, to seek to live according to priorities. And you can do it. You can read three chapters in about 15 minutes or so. And if you take 15 minutes a day, read through the Bible in about a year, uh, that, that would be a, a good thing to do. But we need to not only live according to priorities, we need to also live with balance. In Luke 2.52, it says, Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, favor with God, and favor with man. So he grew intellectually, he grew physically, he grew socially, and he grew spiritually. He had balance. It wasn't a scenario where he just neglected exercise and so on. Of course, he lived back in a time where they walked everywhere they went. And I, I know that, that, um, that they're in the Bible it talks about Jesus walking from Jericho to Jerusalem. Well, I walked from Jerusalem to Jericho when I was younger. I don't think I'd do it right now. About 20 miles, 22 miles, something like that. For me, it was downhill going to Jericho. For him, it was uphill. He spent a lot of time exercising. And, and he, he learned, he grew. You could tell by the way that he taught, by the way he knew Scripture, that he grew intellectually. He grew in his relationship with others and, and with God. And we need to do the same thing. We ought to have balance in our lives. Live according to priorities. Live with balance. But make sure that we're living according to purpose. What is your purpose? What is really important to you? I think that for many of us, we want to glorify God. And in John chapter 15, it talks about glorifying God. And as we're planning, maybe if we're thinking about focusing on Jesus' kingdom and, or God's kingdom and God's righteousness, we ought to keep in mind what he says about glorifying God. Let me read it. John 15, verse number 8. By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So if we want to be his disciples, we need to bear much fruit so that we can glorify God. Makes sense, doesn't it? But how do we bear much fruit? Well, back up about three verses to John 15, 5. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So when we abide in Christ and he abides in us, then we bear much fruit. And of course, when we bear much fruit, we glorify God. You want to glorify God? Then you need to bear much fruit. How do you bear much fruit? By abiding in Christ. So that ought to be our plan, to abide in Christ, spend time with him in the word and prayer and so on. Bear much fruit and glorify God. So we, we develop a plan of how to do what is important. The, the last point we're just going to spend a second on because I'm going to be talking about it next week. Discipline yourself 
to do what is important. Just do it. Most of you recognize that as Nike's motto. I don't agree with their politics, but they have a good motto. And that's what we need to do is discipline ourselves to focus on God's kingdom, to focus on God's righteousness, to make sure that we are doing what God wants us to do, that we are putting first things first. I'll give you the definition again next week of discipline. This is, this is not Webster's Dictionary or, or any of those. This is Richardson Dictionary. Discipline, from my perspective, is doing what you ought to, whether you want to or not. Doing what you ought to, whether you want to or not. Like I said, we'll be talking about that next week. You know, we need to put, put Christ first, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But it's easy to get distracted, just like the little kid in the family circus cartoon. Instead, we need to focus. We need to make sure that we are focusing on God's kingdom and God's righteousness. We're focusing on spiritual things. And we're seeking to please God and live our lives for him. I would say we need to ask ourselves the question. Number one, how is your faith? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How is your faith? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? And are you trusting him day by day? But number two, how is your focus? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How are we doing when we think about focusing on the kingdom of God? when we think about focusing on his righteousness? Or are we so distracted by things of the world that it's awful hard to please God? You know, many of us need to confess and repent. We need to acknowledge our sin and just say, God, I haven't been focusing on you like I should. I haven't been focusing on spiritual things. I've not been focusing on living for you. I am so busy with life, with, uh, with, with work, with doing dishes and laundry and taking care of kids and, and, and this and that, that I really have neglected you. We need to confess and repent and then resolve by God's grace to focus on those things which are most important. I guess in a sense, uh, you could preach a long sermon like this, but then you can just summarize it by saying this. Are we really focusing on spiritual things, God's kingdom? Are we really focusing on his righteousness, seeking to live for him? It's something we need to do. And, and the good news is that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The good news is that we can come boldly before his throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He will not only forgive us, but he will help us to focus on him, on, on his priorities on spiritual things putting him first seeking those things which are above and seeking to live for him let's pray lord i pray that if there's someone that has not trusted christ as savior that they will do that right now that they'll recognize the importance of 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 turning from their sin and trusting jesus who died on the cross uh, so that we could have everlasting life but lord those of us who have been saved we easily become distracted. I pray, Lord, that we will instead will focus on you, 
uh, that will, will focus on your kingdom and your righteousness, spiritual things, and living for you, for your honor and for your glory. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.